0: Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time,
1: get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs.
0: Alex Ferrario, he's Tanner Hendrickson, and I'm Brandon Kylie. Very happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line here in just a moment to talk to former Major League Baseball general manager Jim Bowden. But before we get to Jim, we got some breaking news, Alex.
1: Well, the Blues have officially announced a contract extension with Pavel Buchnevich, who they acquired on Friday from the New York Rangers for Sammy Blay in that second round draft pick. BK, it looks like it's a four year contract extension for Pavel. Twenty three point two million dollars. So that's about five point eight million dollars per year. AAV for the new blues top six winger. It's
0: a big deal. And we will break this thing down throughout the day today. As you heard five years, $23 million, $5.8 million per season. So the blues have locked in at least one of their new top six forwards for the next five years. Like I said, we'll take, talk more about that as we go along here today on BK and Ferrario. But right now let's go out to the Brown and Croupin celebrity line to be joined by former major league baseball general manager, Jim Bowden. Jim, we always appreciate the time. My friend, how you doing today?
2: I'm doing great. How are you? Doing
0: all right. So, there's a lot of activity in baseball right now among general managers, I would imagine. What's the thing that has surprised you most in terms of a development that has taken place so far this week?
2: I mean, I think what's surprising probably is the Nationals listening on everyone not named Juan Soto. I mean, look where they are in the standings. I think we kind of expected them to turn into sell mode. So I don't think Max Scherzer's much of a surprise or Brad hand uh, or Daniel Hudson, but I think including trade Turner in that and listening to offers on him, I think that's been a big surprise. And also the fact that the Cubs haven't moved any of their top four guys um, and they're continuing to wait as the clock ticks. I find that kind of interesting. Um, And might lead me to believe that maybe only two of the four actually get moved. Jim, what happens
1: with the Trey Turner scenario? Because the reports that I've seen say that Washington wants, you know, just a, a obnoxious amount of return for a player like that who is still controllable. But I mean, if you're already starting to move on from Trey Turner, it seems like teams should be jumping on this, right?
2: Well, yeah, but it gets complicated out of the fact that we saw what Fernando Tatis got from the Padres and, more importantly, what Francisco Lindor got from the New York Mets. And Trey Turner, arguably a better player than Lindor. So, you know, to sign him long-term, the price tag is around $350 million. And I I just don't think the Nationals are going to commit that to him, Um, especially when you consider, you know, I mean, this is a great player, don't get me wrong, But to put that kind of years and money into him uh, in his late 20s, I I just don't see ownership doing that. Now, when you sit there and talk about trade, if I'm another team, I want Turner, right? Because he he could be 30 homers, 50 steals. I mean, he's that good of a player. But here's the problem. I control him for a year and two months, and I have to give up a boatload of my top prospects to get it done. And do I want to do that or just wait till free agency – when Javier Baez, Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon are all sitting there on the marketplace, and I don't have to give up any prospects for them. I just have to write a check. So I think that's kind of where it gets tricky. I don't see Turner getting traded, but they certainly are listening, that's for sure.
0: Jim, here in St. Louis, we've been paying attention to this shortstop market just kind of as, I guess, a little bit of insurance in case things didn't get better with Paul Young this season. How do you think this market's going to play out? I know this is not necessarily a trade deadline question, but with so many of them on expiring deals and maybe seeing Story or Baez traded at this deadline, how do you see this shortstop market playing out in the offseason?
2: Well, I think they're all getting into free agency, um, and I think there's going to be a demand because it, this is a very talented group of players. I mean, that really is. I mean, if I'm St. Louis, I, I want in on the shortstop group. Nothing against Paul DeYoung, but I, I want more range. I want a better defender. I actually want a better hitter. I like DeYoung's power, and I, look, I know he's been he's been serviceable, but I think he can do better. Um, so, you know, if I were if I were St. Louis, I would have interest in the shortstop market myself. Um, there's enough to go around, you know that's for sure. Uh, but you know, they all have kind of their own little issues or pimples, right? I mean, Corey Seager's been hurt most of the year. Um, but, but the other thing is all of these guys are going to get qualifying offers, every single one of them. Um, there's not one that's not going to get that. And, and then we'll we'll see how the market goes. I mean, you know, I think the problem you have is when you set the standard, like Lindor and Tatis have done, it's, it's going to take a while for the Correas and the Baezes and the Simeons to understand they're not that, and they're not going to get that. And so that it may take a while. I wouldn't think it's going to be a quick November or early winter meetings type of sign. We're probably especially with the CBA up. We're probably talking about a January or February before before it really gets rolling.
1: Jim, we've seen a lot of teams connected in the rumor mill before trade deadline on the 31st. And I haven't seen any connections with the Cardinals. Why do you feel that is?
2: Well, because I don't think they're buyers and I don't really think they're sellers, right? I, I think, and they haven't come out and said this, and I'm not giving any inside information. I've not talked to John Moselock on this. But I, I just, if I'm them, I know where, where I am, right? I'm 50 and 50. I'm a 500 team. I'm 12th in run scored. I'm eighth or ninth in ERA. I'm a middle of the road team. That's what I am. Can I fix this thing at the deadline and get to the postseason? Yeah, probably not. Not without giving up too, you know, too much of my farm system. So it's really not realistic for for the Cardinals, to be honest. But it's also a team that can have a quick turnaround, a great off season, and a quick turnaround next year and get right back in the race kind of situation. Um, you know, but they to me they need a shortstop. To me, they need more starting pitching. Another more bullpen depth, but I think it's all doable. I just think it's, it's not doable right now. And so that's why I don't think you're re- really hearing a lot. The other thing is to keep in mind in John Moselock's career for the most part, um, he has been a sharpshooter when it comes to moves. Like he doesn't make a lot of moves, but he identifies specific Needs like uh, maybe it's just one power right-handed batter or a third starter or a a left-handed setup reliever, and he usually just chases that. But this team isn't that one player away, right? They're not just two players away, and I think that's why you're you're not hearing from them. I don't think he wants to trade more of his farm system. I don't. I, I don't. And I don't. And I don't think that you know they want to add a lot of payroll right now either. So. I think it's kind of, you know, stand, pat, and hold. If I can tweak it a little bit, I will. But besides that, they're not playing on the big boys like the Padres and the Giants and the Dodgers and the Red Sox and the Blue Jays and the Phillies and the Mets. And you have all these big market teams that literally are grinding right now. Like they're Minnesota, Colorado, and the Cubs can't put their phones down. Like they're getting texts and and calls literally – Uh, so, so much during the hour. You can't, you can't, they can't even get it through to them. That's how crazy it's been. St. Louis isn't going to get in that kind of bidding war. Not this year.
0: Jim Bowden, former MLB general manager joining us here on 101 ESP and ESPN. You can hear him on MLB network radio. You can watch him on CBS sports HQ, and he's a very busy man. You can also read him over at the athletic as well. Jim, I, we were talking about this a little bit earlier today. You've been in that chair. So I'm curious for your thoughts on it. If the Brewers end up going on a miraculous ride this fall and they win the world series, that will mean two teams from the NL central over the last five years between them and the Chicago Cubs have both won the world series since the Cardinals last played for it. What does that do as a general manager? Does that put any more sense of urgency on this front office? Does it change anything or is it status quo business as usual? When you see something like that in your division,
2: no, I don't think it's business as usual. I mean, the expectations, the Dewitt family's expectations, is to win a World Series. Anything short of that's a failure. It is, and and I don't think St. Louis ever looks at this and and, and looks at their team and says, "Okay, I'm satisfied just contending." I mean, they've mm-hmm. they've never never been that, um, but they're they're going through a little spell right now where the farm system isn't developing, you know. What they need at the big league level, they, they, you know, the young starting pitching isn't there yet. I mean, hopefully Matthew Liberatore will be one of those guys. Um, when they have developed a hitter like Randy Arizarina and Luke Voit, they've traded them away trades that haven't worked out. To be quite frank about it, um, but at, at the same time, you know, you don't make the Goldschmidt Arenado deals if if your eye isn't on a championship. You're not going to get them and spend that kind of money without that being a, a goal. So. You know, it's a grind, and it's a challenge, but, I mean, John Moselock knows what time it is, and he knows how important this offseason is. Cardinal fans are expecting to win. They don't want mediocrity, and right now they have mediocrity.
1: So, Jim, we just had a conversation a little bit ago uh, of how far off the Cardinals truly are for a World Series push. And, you know, we kind of went back and forth saying, you know, they're they're missing a big bat still. Uh, You've talked about the shortstop. How far do you think the Cardinals are in terms of turning it around and putting them in World Series contention? Not for 2021,
2: Jim, but for next year, the future. Five players, two starters, two relievers, a big left-hand bat, preferably a shortstop.
0: Do you have any shortstops in mind when, you, when you're talking about that out of curiosity?
2: I, I, I love a healthy Corey Seager. Absolutely love him because he steps up at the, on the biggest stage in the biggest moments. Remember, he was the LCS MVP and the World Series MVP last year. I mean, that's what he is in the biggest moments. The guy can flat-out hit. He's got power. Um, if he can stay healthy is you know his prime years are still right in front of him he's, he's going to be a 300 100 guy and to put that left hand bat in between Goldie and Arenado makes me want to eat sushi do
0: you Jim you've been in that chair how would you feel about the amount of money though that you would then be spending on first base with Goldie third base with Arenado and then a shortstop that I would imagine Corey Seager is going to come in at a minimum at 25 plus million dollars per year as well
2: yeah, yeah, probably, but I don't think you're going to have to have the long-term exposure because of his injury situation, so you might be able to get him on a much shorter deal. Um, and, I, you know, you have to wait and see. We don't know how the market's going to play out, but I think that's a possibility based on the year that he's had. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the financial part of it is always, always plays a factor. You know, I, I've just always felt like if you're going to spend the money, make sure you're spending it on stars, and my preference is make sure you're spending it on guys that are still in their 20s. Um, and as long as you can check those boxes, yeah, fine. I mean, the the, the thing you can't do is waste money. And I'm not being critical because I, I do have great respect for the Cardinals and what they've done, but they've also done a lot of bad contracts. I mean, Miles Michaelis, the reliever they got from Toronto, I mean, over the years has been a lot of bad contracts. That's not how it works to win championships. You've got to spend the money on the big, important players, the starting rotation and the bats in the middle, and then you can I mean all you got to do is look at Tampa Bay and San Francisco and Oakland, you can win with average players around the diamond you You can win with average and above average players as long as you have the stars that can carry you and I think the Cardinals continue to need to pump money internationally, continue to pump money into the draft um and you know try to keep trying to build a rotation from the farm system is the best way to go. And then, then if you can do that, then you've got the money to spend on Goldie, Arenado, and Seager, or Baez, or Correa, or w- whatever the situation is.
0: Jim, we always appreciate the time. We'll be listening to you on MLB Network Radio, watching you on CBS Sports HQ, and reading your work over at The Athletic as well. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today. I know it's an unbelievably busy time of year for you, so
2: appreciate the time. Yeah, thanks for much. I appreciate it.